unlike other bulbs that we've talked about, you're not going to bury this one completely. So can you start an amaryllis bulb in water as well? Greek mythology uh, explains the origins of the amaryllis flower through a story of love. You can magically bring to life any plant as your garden or house plant companion. What plant would it be? I feel better talking about my sock soaker. Got like webbed feet and everything and gills and he could breathe. So it turns you into Aquaman. Welcome back to the Helpful Gardeners podcast. This week, we are unearthing the beauty behind one of the most vibrant houseplants during the holiday season, and that is the amaryllis. That might be the very first time ever that I have connected amaryllis with it being an actual houseplant. Obviously, I grow it in my house. Yes. Uh, I understand how it works, but I always just consider it like it's it's a winter bulb. It's not a houseplant. Yeah. It's not... To me, a houseplant is something that's there... Uh, year after year, and no matter what, it looks the same. It gets a little bigger, maybe it flowers. But an amaryllis, I've never considered it in the category of houseplant, and it it absolutely is. It absolutely is, at least here in Canada. Yep. I know when I was looking up the amaryllis this week um, on my travels, I was learning that it was growing wild as a perennial in zones 9 to 11. And so, mm. I mean, it'll grow elsewhere in the world, you know, in the spring and summer seasons. But for us here in Canada, that's not one of the bulbs that we can just go out and plant in the garden because nothing will happen from it. No. We have a few of them right now at the store. We have the amaryllis. Yep. um, But we also have paper whites and hyacinth. And I know you've been growing paper whites, right? Yeah. If you've never done a winter bulb, start with paper whites. Yeah. Nice and easy. Nice and easy. Uh, The small, they're easy to get. And you get a huge reward. Amaryllis, I mean, don't get me wrong, you get a huge reward, but it's it's one flower. Yeah. The paper whites, they will literally fill the pot. Yes. So I, I like paper uh, paper whites. I think they're a good place to uh, to start. But before we get too deep in, I need to tell you uh, something sad that happened to me today. Oh, why are, why are we starting with a sad thing? <laughs> because it's important. I, want, I, I feel like I can't sit here comfortably uh, until I get this. Well, I won't. Even when I get it off my chest, I'm still not going to be comfortable. Oh, no. So earlier I was downstairs. Yeah. Uh, we got the Christmas trees in, as yes. you know. And uh, I was downstairs, and uh, as you also know, it snowed yeah. yesterday. Yes. And then it warmed up today, and I wasn't looking where I was going, and I was <gasps> wearing my Converse, and I stepped in a puddle, and I have a sock soaker. Oh, no. My sock. No. Yep. Is it still wet? Yep. My my right sock. It, oh, my gosh. The Converse have got those little holes in them. Yes, and they do. In, I mean, it, you're wearing something better than me. I have flats on today. Like typical you, Alberta, right? Look no at our socks. shoe choices <laughs> in the wintertime. <laughs> what is that? Like what? We get like a like a like a Chinook roll in and yeah. then it's like, oh, my gosh, it's one degree. Let's pull out the Converse I'm and flats. Both wearing summer we're shoes. We're actually like failing winter today. Yeah. That's what well, we're doing. And winter let me know that I failed and it gave me a sock soaker yeah. and it wasn't even like a a sock soaker at a decent time of the day where I could be like oh I can dry this out or I can run home and get something it was like an hour before you came in and yeah. I was so I love that you're still wearing socks though that's my, well I don't want to take it off because then my my foot goes into the sneaker yeah. and then that's wet and then you run the risk of getting stinky sneakers and then you got to get rid of your converse so well, where are your monstera sliders I'll uh oh they're at home oh they're at home <laughs> I should bring in a pair of slides, You should have, like, a pair of loafers here at the office. Backup. Oh, I should go down and get a pair of sloggers. Yeah. Do you know I actually have slippers at work at my other job? 
Well, yeah. that's information I could have yeah. used like last week, I, Brandy, and that would have prevented my <laughs> sock soaker. I, wow. I have at any given time, like three pairs of shoes in my other place because I just love being comfortable or like being ready for whatever. It's like what you have in your car, right? Like three yep. jackets, right? You never know what's going to happen. I have a beekeeper suit, uh, an old <laughs> hoodie and uh, one fuzzy sock that I used to put over a microphone. But uh, <laughs> I love that the top one is a beekeeper suit. Like, when are you going to whip that out? I've, uh, I, I wore it at a trade show one time. Uh, I've worn it a couple of times. <laughs> I, I lent it, it to Hassan because Hassan had a wasp's nest yeah. and it was very aggressive and he needed to get it under control. And he was scared about being stung. So I lent him the beekeeping suit and he was like, it worked amazing. Oh my gosh. We need to have like a, like a reason to wear your beekeeper yeah. suit. Like we should have a, a party here at Golden Acre. Almost like uh, Halloween. Okay. Yes. But also those parties um, where it's uh, the theme is dress in something that you've been looking for an excuse to wear. <laughs> and I think your beekeeper suit really, really works. I should start wearing it. And when people ask me why I'll be like, well, they tell you to dress for the job that yeah. you want. <laughs> I want to be a beekeeper. Yeah. So anyway, that was my uh, sad story. Now we can go back to uh, uh, Amaryllis Houseplants. Okay. Well, if we're doing asides, like, can I just like raise the- Of course. Okay. I'm oh, going oh, to I, I want to talk about, I want to talk about our community market on the weekend because we had a whole bunch of local small businesses here and it was the most magical time. It was really like a nice kickoff to the Christmas season and we were supporting the Veterans Association. It was just nice. an absolutely beautiful yep. time. But we met somebody, an artist who is one of the vendors, one of the local small businesses and her name's Danielle Beatty, and she does this beautiful glass work. I had so much fun talking with her. I love glass work. Um, yeah, I absolutely love her stuff. I'm going to um, link her business to our show notes at goldenacre.ca slash blog, so you can go and check it out. But she uses nature to inspire her glass pieces, and it's absolutely beautiful. I think she's going to be at our community market on uh, December 9th and 10th as well. Okay. So we'll get a chance to catch up with and her. And she, she has a website and an Insta yep. page uh, and all of does, that she, good stuff. So she has an Instagram. Okay. She's working on a website and she says she listens to her podcast every week while, while she's doing her glass work. Oh, well, that's it. Okay. Well, then you got to drop her handle. I'm going to give her a follow. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. I love, and, and using nature. So is it like she sees a scene and then yeah. kind of like, so she'll look at like the mountains or something and mm -hmm. then she'll do a uh, glass, uh, stained glass based on the mountains. Yeah. So she does a lot wow. of sun catchers, but here's the thing. Here's the, the coolest thing that I learned about her. She loves doing custom work. And then, you know, when you're on say like, like a map, like Google or something yep. like that. Right. And you go out into the farmland and you see like how beautiful oh, yeah. farmland can look yeah, from yeah. that over above type of perspective. Yep. So she will actually transfer that onto glass. So there's this really gorgeous piece that she brought to the market and I really hope she brings it in December because it's just like the river. She incorporates the river and this this piece of property that's like right in the center. And she just you, the way that she utilizes color and everything to just create this gorgeous piece of art and and, and to have the sun kind of shine through it, too. Like it would make such a, a cute, personalized Christmas gift, I think, in my in my yeah, mind. Yeah, absolutely would. It, it I've got mad respect because yeah. I picture the way I do things. Uh, well, I mean, you've seen me garden and whatnot, and I'm pretty good at it, but I can also be a little rough. Yeah. So with glass, I figure I would either be maybe decent or yep. needing stitches. <laughs> and I think it would be the latter one because I'd be like, oops, that broke. And you'd be like, you're bleeding. I'd be like, I'm fine. 
And Honestly, then, it looks like a lot of hard work. I've seen some Instagram absolutely. videos and I have mad respect for glass workers. And like I told her we need to have her on the on the podcast just to describe yes. how she pulls inspiration from nature. Yes. Right. I think that's such an interesting conversation. And so. then we could ask her to bring a, a spare pair of socks yeah. for me because <laughs> right. my foot soaker isn't get So I I talked selfishly about uh, what happened to me. And then you talked about this amazing local artist. That I really need to work on my asides. Well, I had just a fun experience with her. So I really wanted to give her a shout out, especially since she listens to the podcast. And Perfect. Yeah. It's wonderful. Um, but back to our winter bulbs discussion. Right. Yeah, um, I know. Right. I know. Um, I wanted to do a little bit of a, of a, of a deep dive into the amaryllis. So if you're not familiar with the plant, it's one of the biggest winter bulbs there is. Yeah. Like it's just huge. It's like an onion. It's huge. And then green stalks and leaves will rise out of the the top of it and this strong stalk and it'll go super tall. And then right at the, at the top, kind of trumpet like flowers will bloom. And it's not just one. I mean, you can get tons of flowers yep. from and one bulb. And, and different colors too. I mean, here at Golden Acre, we had red and pinks and whites and candy actually, stripes. I, candy stripes. I think most of them are sold out by now. So I'm kind of hoping that that's because of the amaryllis challenge that we're getting into yeah, today. But I, I hope a lot of people send us pictures with uh, only if there were some mine. But um, <laughs> I know you're like, I want to win. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, how do you even measure that? No, you can't. It's not a challenge to be a winner. Yeah. It's a everybody who does. Everybody who does this challenge wins. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I'm just curious. Right. I want to see all of the colors. Yeah, I, I do too. I When you look at it, you go, oh, I'm, I'm going to go traditional red. And then you see all the colors and you go, well, but I, I really like the uh, the really deep, almost black purple ones. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, uh, there's no right or wrong answer when it comes to that. Yeah. So which one did you get? I got the traditional red. The traditional red, yep. right? And then I got one. Um, of course, I would forget the name of it, but it has Barbados in the name. Yep. So because Brad's family is from Barbados. So obviously, like have to do that one. So we have. OK, I, I must admit, we've already planted ours. Yep. So I, know. I heard. <laughs> I just I felt like if I didn't do it, it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to be planting yours at the end of the episode. And we're going to throw yep. that video up on our show we're notes. Be planting mine at the end of the episode. <laughs> Five days after you planted yours. So it's like, were you one of those kids when it was like, let's get ready to race on your marks, get set. And you were already gone and everybody else was still waiting for go. And you're like, I'm winning losers. I'm very uh, impatient sometimes. I yeah. can't help myself. No, that's okay. I, I appreciate, I appreciate the, uh, the inspiration. Okay. Brand. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. So we'll do that sort of at the end of the episode. We're going to talk about how to plant them, how to care for them, how to store them after the season. But before we do that, we want to kind of dip back and go backwards in time and talk about some of the cool fun facts and history of the amaryllis. And I understand you found this wicked story about the amaryllis. I did. And and you know what? You you actually, in all fairness, I can get too focused on uh, kind of the nerd side of it, uh, <laughs> like what kind of plant, what's its family, is it perennial, is it annual, how does it propagate? And I get hyper-focused on that so that uh, the performance of my plants uh, looks great. But you've come at it from a different approach, and I've really appreciated learning more the uh, fun side, the history, the quirky yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's really given me a chance to appreciate the plants that we have so much more. Yeah. So, yeah, Well, it's it's just... it's. Not everything can be cold and scientific. And I mean, at the end of the day, I get a beautiful flower. So I'm like, yeah, that makes yeah. me happy. But, you know, the, the story is good. So I'm going to preface uh, this story by saying I don't think it's actually true. Okay. You weren't there. Yeah. Well, 
the first two words are Greek mythology. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we're we're diving back into Greek mythology here. That's so cool. I love Greek mythology. I know. What's your favorite thing in Greek mythology? Hercules. Hercules? Okay. I like the Minotaur. Why? I I just thought it was so badass. You know what? Big, strong, bull guy. (laughs) (laughs) Here's why I like Hercules, because of Disney. Okay. And the songs, like I will totally watch Disney. I never, I, I never, I never saw the the Hercules one. Didn't he have like a little fawn in it, like Mister Tumnus from uh, <laughs> The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? Yes, he did. There it wasn't called Tumnus, though. No, that was from The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. But the, 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 they're they're called they're called either fawns or satyrs. S a t y r s. And if you Google it, it should say satyrs or fawns are half goat, half man. Uh, little horns, curly hair. I must admit, the only thing I cared about was that Danny DeVito was <laughs> played him. <laughs> no way. No, you didn't know that? I've never seen it. You've never seen the Hercules, the no. Disney one? No. I'm... Okay, that's your homework for next week. <laughs> <laughs> like the next time we talk about something Greek, Colin, do your homework. Right, though? Please watch the uh, documentary. It's called Hercules. Oh, my god. Narrated by Danny yeah. DeVito. Okay, back to my story. <laughs> Uh, Greek mythology uh, explains the origins of the amaryllis flower through a story of love. A a beautiful maiden named Amaryllis falls in love with a shepherd named Alteo on a mountainside. I don't know why that's important, but (laughs) Alteo had the strength of Hercules and the beauty of Apollo with a passion for flowers. Are they describing me? (laughs) Okay. Um, He claimed he would only fall in love with a girl who could bring him a new type of flower that he had never seen before. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Standards. Yeah. I I guess. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Not going to (laughs) settle. Determined to win his love, Amaryllis traveled to the Oracle of Delphi for guidance. The Oracle instructed her that in order to win Alteo's heart, she must sacrifice her blood for him. So Amaryllis stood in front of his house for 30 nights, piercing her own heart with a golden arrow. On the 30th day, a crimson flower grew from the blood of her heart, thus resulting in her winning Alteo's love in return. The flower Amaryllis is now a representation of love, its red color symbolizing the sacrifice young Amaryllis was make to win the heart of Alteo. Oh my goodness. There's some red flags in that story. <laughs> you like modern love, but I would not fly. Yeah. You'd be like, all right, after the first night, I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna make a phone call. <laughs> just gonna make a there's uh there's some stuff going on here. And also, how did she What? Well, I was gonna say, how did she live? Because she stabbed herself in the heart with an arrow. Yeah. So that's kind of something. But on the 30th day, a crimson flower grew from the blood. Yeah. How long is germination from planting to flower? I never even made that connection before. I I never even looked at it. I've never, it doesn't occur to me. I stick it in, it flowers when it flowers. I don't, I don't chart that. Wouldn't that be wild if it's 30 days? That would be wild actually. Cause, but don't they say amaryllis usually take about six to eight weeks? Yeah, I I, I can't imagine it's 30 days. (laughs) I I mean, nice try though. I I I appreciate you looking deeper into the story. It's going on a heat map. I'm going to give it every kind of fertilizer (laughs) I've got. I think I can get one in 30 days. See, and that's, that's going to be the fun difference between you and I is, you know, me, I'm going to neglect it (laughs) and you are going to just throw everything at it. So this is why it's really interesting that you and I are doing this. So do you know much about Huntington's disease? 
No, I, I genuinely don't know. For the Huntington Society of Canada, the amaryllis is the signature flower, and they use it as one of their biggest annual campaigns around this time of year, and they fundraise for, uh, for research towards the Huntington Society. So they, they sell amaryllis bulbs at this time of year. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They sell, so they sell an entire kit. And what's really cool is I can talk about this for all of Canada. Everybody across the country can get involved. And I didn't know much about Huntington's disease. And this is why it's so cool that they do this campaign because now we're learning about it, right? I mean, it's a hereditary neurodegenerative illness. If a parent has it and then they have kids, they're child has a 50% chance of getting it. Well, there's a whole bunch of information on the website. Um, I'm going to pop that into our show notes as well yeah. so that you can learn more about it. Pop, pop the link to buy it too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So now we have our amaryllis and now we're going to talk more about planting your amaryllis because on our website at goldenacre.ca, I noticed this year we actually have a really neat uh, little how-to one, two, three yep. on how to grow amaryllis. And it's like, it's quite easy. So it's really not hard. It's, it's not hard. So, yeah. okay. So how do you start it? So there's, there's two ways, uh, you can begin to approach it. You can either buy a loose amaryllis bulb, mm-hmm. uh, or you can buy the kit. Okay. Okay. So let's, let's go with the, because the kit has everything you need. So you really don't need my help there. So if you have uh, a loose, uh, amaryllis bulb, you want to get a, uh, pot. It, do, it doesn't have to be, um, Anything grandiose or big, uh, anything maybe maybe six inches, eight inches deep and about six, eight inches across is going to be more than fine. Okay. Get yeah. a, uh, a light soil. Potting soil will work. Uh, you could even use a coir blend. Oh, okay. Uh, cocoa coir uh, would also work. Um, peat moss would probably work as well. Make a bed. Mm-hmm. So uh, pack it down so that when you put the bulb in it, unlike other bulbs that we've talked about, you're not going to bury this one completely. Because normally you have to cover the bulb. Exactly. Yeah, paper whites, you cover them. Yeah. Paper whites, they get buried in the uh, in the pot. Uh, your tulips and whatnot, they get buried. The amaryllis doesn't. You want to go, uh, some people go halfway uh, up the bulb. Some people go two thirds. The reason I like half is I know some people go, oh no, only a third of it should be in or two thirds of it should be in. When you start playing around like that, you're, you're running the risk. The margin of error is too much. Just go halfway. Then if it's a little shallow, a little deep, you know you've got a good cushion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do your bulb about halfway. Uh, firm the, the, the soil, the growing medium. Water it. Uh, make sure it's warm with a lot of light. And away you go. Ta-da. It'll do the rest. It's literally that easy. And I was joking. Absolutely, you can add fertilizer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you can add a heat mat. It does not need it. Most of our houses are quite warm at this time of year. Yeah. I'd be very careful about putting it somewhere where it doesn't get a lot of light, either have an artificial light or a nice bright area because you don't want it growing at a jaunty angle, reaching for light. That's another thing. Yeah. yeah. So uh, light is kind of a requirement, but it you don't have to place it in full sun in a window and rearrange your whole house. A nice bright lit room is going to be more than fine. And they're, they're real... They're easy and they're strong and they're reliable and they are beautiful. So when the bloom actually starts to die off, should you deadhead it? Like, will that encourage more yep. blooms like with any other plant? Uh, yes and no. It depends uh, on the variety. Some will, some won't. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you have a, okay, a little bit off track here, but it, uh, I'll bring it back. Don't worry. Do you know anybody who keeps the poinsettias all through the year? Okay. I, I have met a few customers downstairs yep. who definitely have. Yep. And it's always impressed me. It it has me. My mom tried it once, my mom and dad. They kept it alive, but the, the color just wasn't there. 
uh, and they got rid of it and just bought another one. But they wanted my dad especially wanted to try it. But I think the vast majority of us just go, okay, you were pretty at Christmas. See you later. Yeah. Into the compost you go. I think a lot of us do that with our winter bulbs too. Yeah. Okay, it's done. Oh, that flower was pretty. Oh, no more flowers coming out. Off you go. However, you can actually keep amaryllis bulbs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So how do you sort of bridge the, the the gap into storing it? Honestly, it took me by surprise when you were like the house plant because uh, you're going to treat it just like a house plant. So once the flower is done, keep it watered. You don't even take it out of the soil? No, no. Leave it because as long as that stem and the leaves uh, are green, they're photosynthesizing. So they're replenishing the energy into the bulb that it expended sending the uh, shoot up. So you want to make sure that gets as much energy in as it can. And then depending on when you want to plant it, uh, an amaryllis bulb in Canada will require, I'm going off memory here, so a quick Google search wouldn't hurt, but an amaryllis bulb will require between six weeks to to maybe 10 weeks to two months, six, six eight, 10 weeks yep. of being cold, not frozen. Okay. Okay. So you don't put it in the freezer, uh, a good place to keep it, depending on the time of year, uh, an unheated garage in the autumn, because you're planting it uh, late autumn, early winter, mm-hmm. or in the uh, crisper of your fridge. Seriously? Yep. Wait, in the pot? No, no. So uh, at that point, yes, you can leave it in the yep. pot. Uh, personally, what I would do is I, I would lift it out. Yeah. Uh, very carefully. I don't want to damage the roots or the casing. Uh, dry it off, and then I would wrap it. Some people put it in sand. Some people put it in um, like cheesecloth. Mm-hmm. Paper towel will work. Something just to give it some protection. Keep yeah. it dark. Put it in the crisper, and then bring it back out when it's time to plant. The crucial part is when it starts to turn. So when it starts to reach the end of its its life and it's ready to go dormant, a lot of people jump the gun and they oh it's not looking good and they chop it down. As long as it's green, it's photosynthesizing. So allow it to do it. And and in the spring and in the summer, if, if your plant is still going strong, move it outside. Oh, there's an idea. Yep. Move it outside. Put it with your other plants yeah. uh, and let it get all of the rain and the actual sunlight and really get that energy back yeah. into it. Let it go dormant. And you've got another bulb. Oh, I love that. I love that. Like that you can buy it and just continuously use it. Yep. Like, I mean, there's so many things that we do around this time of year. That's like a one and done. Yep. So it's nice to have something that we can recycle. And I, 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 the, the good thing about that is if you, if you remember, and it, I can't imagine it would be too hard. If you're like me, you'll have photographic evidence because you'll take 38 <laughs> photographs of your flower. Yeah. But when it's done and you go, oh, I'm going to keep it. Mm-hmm. And you go, oh, well, I did the red one. Oh, next year I'm going to get the candy stripe. Yeah. And then next year I'm going to get this. And I bet, I mean, like you said, the big bulbs, but I bet eventually if you got a, a large enough kind of shallow pot, maybe a bowl, one of those uh, uh, herb bowl pots, uh, you could probably do, you know, uh, half a dozen or eight amaryllis in it of all different colors Mm -hmm. and have them all in bloom and have a big showy centerpiece. Oh, isn't that the goal? Yeah. New amaryllis challenge. (laughs) Long-term amaryllis, the 12-year amaryllis challenge. Right? Like that's going to be next year's goal for sure. Absolutely. Uh, You know what? One of the things I found when I was, when I was researching this is that some amaryllis bulbs come like waxed. Have you seen those? No, I haven't. So I, I've seen them like at the grocery store. Yeah. I've been told that they are very expensive to get. Like, I, I don't really know the, uh, I'm just going to do it. It's, it's 
if I have to guess, the reason, the only reason you would wax it is to uh, stop it from drying out, especially in an environment like Calgary's. Yeah. Have you ever picked up a bulb, uh, daffodils and tulips? Tulips are, uh, can be notorious for it. And you pick it up and it feels it feels almost like one of those fungus poof balls. Yeah. And you squeeze it and it just kind of... Yeah. And it's... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's what happens. It's basically completely desiccated. Okay. And then the other, the other one is when you pick up a bulb... Uh, and it's got mold spots all over mm-hmm. it. And that's because it's being kept too moist and it hasn't been able to dry out. So yeah. they really do want to stay in, uh, you know, they want to be dried, but not too dry. Yeah. They need to keep moisture, but they don't want to be wet. So yeah. it is a bit of a balancing act, but I imagine they're doing that because the other thing is, oh, well, we don't know how many we're going to sell. We don't know how long they're going to be sitting out for. So wrap mm-hmm. them in wax. Is there, How do you it, prepare it differently? So I, I would assume it's just a better performing amaryllis. Hmm. You know, but I mean, obviously, like it kind of depends on what your end goal is, right? If you're if you're like to be growing this beautiful amaryllis and you're known for amaryllis and all of that, maybe spending a bit more money on something that's waxed and might be performing a little bit better might be a good way to go. But I mean, if if you're just starting out, I would be okay with just going with, you know. Well, yeah, figure out what you do and I'll I'll, go big. I mean, again, no right or wrong answers. You know, something else I noticed was um, starting bulbs in water. So yes. Can you start an amaryllis bulb in water as well? I've seen it. Yeah. A few years ago here at Golden Acre, one of my colleagues that no longer work with us was on the floor downstairs and there was an amaryllis bulb. And I can't remember the reason why they, they took it. I, I don't know if it was going to be written off or, uh, or what the story was, or if they wrote it off or if they bought it. I can't remember the story. Uh, and they took one of our glasswares. Yeah. And it was kind of one of those urn shaped ones. And they stuck the bulb in and filled it with water. And we had a massive amaryllis at customer service. Wow. Yeah. So there's an option for you as yeah. well. The, the only the only problem with that. So yes, it did work. I've, that's the only time I've seen it. And the, the vase, they really wedged the bulb into the glassware to hold it mm-hmm. because the flower and the stem gets so top heavy. If yeah. it's not, if that bulb isn't supported because mm-hmm. the soil and the weight of the water in the soil will hold it down it could very easily tip over. Okay, that's a really good point. Yeah, and they they had a, a, it was quite a large vase. Um, The vase must have been like a a two liter pop bottle size. So that amount of weight of water and then the bulb heavily wedged in, that was what prevented it because that would be my only concern as it gets very tall and then puts out a trumpet and you have it in like one of those little milk bottle vases, you could run the risk of getting all that way and then having your amaryllis fall over. <laughs> and then blame the cat. Yeah. Darn cat. <laughs> the, best, the best bulb to grow in water, hyacinth. Oh, why is that? Uh, oh, it's little. Exactly. And they stay nice and compact and short. Uh-huh. Where your paper whites get tall and yeah. long as well, so they can fall over. Yeah. Uh, the bulb is is a short, stocky, uh, like kind of a, 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 like a very substantial bulb, but it's not massive. Yeah. Uh, and then the plant itself, the the bloom and, and stem itself is only six to eight inches. Yeah. And hyacinths do really, really good uh, just in water. Oh, okay. And I'm assuming if you want the water route, that would be probably even less maintenance than going the soil route, right? Because oh, yeah. it's like, it's just got, it's got access to water. Yeah. And I know, I know people um, a few years ago, a number of years ago, actually, now I'll, I go back and date myself. Uh, I think I was still landscaping in Montreal, so 15 years ago, maybe. Anyway, that was a big thing 
uh, about people no longer being allowed to bring hyacinth into the offices. What? Why is that? Because of the fragrance in a confined space. Oh, it's just too strong, hey? Yeah. But people loved it because exactly what you said, zero maintenance. Yep. Uh, they top it up with their own water bottle. And it's just a little glass vase with a bulb in it sitting on their desk. Yeah. And some people loved it, but other people complained. I don't know if you, if you remember, it might have been 15 years, maybe a little more, a little less, doesn't matter. But there was a big whole thing about like lessen the amount of perfumes and artificial yes. smells yeah. in, in public spaces. Yeah. And that kind of, the poor hyacinth got thrown in with that. I mean, I can tell you when hyacinth comes into the store, I know. I know yeah. even before I hit the department, I know. Yeah. Some people get headaches from them. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I can appreciate it. But if if you don't, and I I love the color of hyacinths, mm -hmm. like the like the pastels and like the little cone yeah. flowers and everything. You like, know, one thing I will say about hyacinth and, and a good thing for everyone to keep in mind if you are going to go that route is just wear gloves because the, the casing on the hyacinth bulb can be a skin irritant. I've never worn a glove in my entire time planting bulbs. Seriously? Not even like for hyacinth? But like, would you, would you just wash your hands after? Oh, I, I guarantee. No. Seriously? Maybe I just have delicate hands. Yeah, no. And that's, a, I've, uh, marigolds. Yeah. I know we're off bulbs now. <laughs> um, marigold rash I've absolutely gotten. I didn't know there was marigold rash. Oh yeah. Marigolds have got a uh, toxin in them. Oh, yeah. Like from the inside part? Yeah. Like there's uh um, Like the milk? The, the, yeah, the, the sap and even yeah. just if you're constantly touching the leaves. So back, it's a really cool project. Uh, they started in St. John, New Brunswick. Uh, but a teacher, I believe, started an initiative where they got their kids uh, during the science part of their class to grow marigolds from seeds. And then the kids got to plant it. Well, this took off and more people started doing it. Well, they took every single school in St. John, New Brunswick got all the kids to grow uh, marigolds and then down Main Street, uh, there's a it's a divided median and it's a flower bed and they would call it marigolds on Main. Oh, cute. And all the schools would bring all of their marigolds and plant them on Main Street. Great idea, except you're asking little kids to plant them. Yeah. Right? The kids planted their own flowers. So uh, us as the city workers would hang back and once the kids had gone, we'd go and clean them up and make sure they were planted properly. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we didn't do it in front of the kids. Nothing more disheartening than great job. And then we're like planting it for them. So once the kids had left, we'd done it, but we had to maintain them. We had to go and deadhead them. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I do not like wearing gloves. I do more damage uh, and whatnot. So I would just suffer through it. But yeah, you break out in like uh, like full little red hives and it's itchy and it's got like that burn to it, almost like a stinging nettle rash. Wow. I had no idea. Now I'm going to be more careful when yep. I plant marigolds. If you One or two, you should be fine. It yeah. was normally, and I'm talking, there were like thousands of marigolds that we dealt with. And it was normally about half an hour in that I would first start getting the, the itchy sensation. Mm -hmm. But once you're not touching them for a while, it, it dies down and away yeah. you go. But I did not know that about no, hyacinth. I, no, I, and, and that the only reason I know is because I would, I would touch them um, down at the cashier and then I would like to ring them in. And I, and now I, all the time I'd wear gloves. So we talked about planting bulbs. We talked about how to care for them, how to store them. And now we're going to go and plant our bulbs. And then we're going to keep everybody here updated on how that goes uh, do you want to get into the question of the week? I sure do. Okay, so I thought about this question because the Grinchy trees came into the store the other day. Nice. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so my question for you is if you could magically bring to life any plant from a book, movie, 
mythology to have as your garden or house plant companion, what plant would it be and why? Oh my God. <laughs> There's so many different. <laughs> I roots. know. I actually put this out onto our Instagram and Holly Morisco commented and said, Audrey Jr. Audrey Jr. Absolutely. Definitely <laughs> one of them. Or Audrey too, uh, whatever you want to call her. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the, so, so one, and I mean, this is kind of uh, selfish and greedy, but the uh, tree that gives the golden apples from again Greek mythology. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow, that would be a superpower, hey? Yeah, like a tree that gives golden apples. But the, the thing is, then you become trapped because then you become paranoid that somebody else is going to steal your tree, yeah. and then you become trapped by it. So, I think Audrey too or Audrey Junior has to be like literally one of the most famous plants out there. Yeah, yeah. But I'm also thinking, what about like uh, the mushroom or the fire flower from Super Mario Brothers? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. So you're like, oh, I'm really tired. You eat a mushroom. You're like, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> and then you're super big. You're like, do, 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 do. Um, or, or you're going somewhere and you're like, yeah, you know what? I could throw fireballs out of my hands. I don't really know where that's needed, but. You know, I instantly went to Harry Potter. Oh. Okay. But because you haven't seen Harry Potter, have you? I, I know some of it. I haven't. I've never actually watched a movie beginning to end or read a book. Okay. You've heard about the mandrake though, right? Oh, that's, yes. That's like the screaming plant. I don't know why we would ever need that. Maybe that's a plant that we would never want to become real because you take it out of the ground and it just like this high pitched yeah. scream. I mean, there's like, there's medical properties that would be pretty helpful. But, but to get the medical problems, you have to cut up the plant that's already that's screaming. Already <laughs> no, what's the point, right? What about, I, I, I actually thought you were going to pick the willow basher. Like the whomping willow. The whomping willow. Yeah, there's that too. Oh. I, oh, or gillyweed. I don't know what gillyweed so is. So gillyweed was in the fourth Harry Potter film and he ate it and he got gills for like a certain amount of time. <sighs> And so like, oh. yeah, so he completed this challenge and he could swim. He got like webbed feet and everything and gills and he could breathe. And so it so turns he, you into Aquaman. Be, <laughs> yes, it does turn oh you into Aquaman. Oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that would be a really, really fun one. I actually think I would pick uh, something along the lines of like an ant or a spriggan. Ooh, that's a great one. Because I think uh, some of our woodlands and forests and rainforests and jungles could maybe use some guardians. They, I feel like they could use a voice. Yeah. Oh, they've got a voice, but uh, unfortunately, people don't do it. They need some badass trees to kick some butt, like in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, like some Sauron, yeah. like or Sa Saruman. Saruman. Sa yeah. Saruman. Well, I think both of them are bad guys. Oh, you're, they're you're they're related. Yeah, Moses. <laughs> I mean, Tolkien was an amazing writer. The imagination and everything right? he came up with, and he named his end Treebeard. <laughs> That's like. I, did somebody ghostwrite that name for him? Because that doesn't add up. Like, I would have thought it would be like, Alondriel the Bearded. But it's like, not Tree Beard. But here's the thing, though. Could you stand them talking so slow? I mean, I'm not going to say I'm going to hang out with them. I'm just saying You just that want them to be around. Exactly. Like, I'm, I'm not saying. Right, so the golden apples would be for me. Yeah. Right? That would be greed. And that would be like, oh, look at me. Now I'm rich with golden apples. Yeah. The ant, I mean, spriggans uh, by their nature are very not friendly to humans. Yeah. Okay. So no, I, I couldn't be a friend with them. Yeah. But you know what? There's a little part of me that's like, you know what? Some of our, some of our most precious, uh, you know, resources and, and, and our beautiful places on the planet could use a little oomph to protect them. Yeah. I think 
given enough time, I could sit down and talk to some ants. But yeah, if it's taken them six hours just to say hello, <laughs> I'd be like, patience isn't my strong suit. No, you know, I even went into video games like, um, what, The Legend of Zelda? Like, you know, like video games when you're playing them and like you eat a plant and then it gives you like a special yep. ability, kind of like Mario. I got a video game I don't think we can just gloss over. What? Plants versus zombies. Oh, yeah. Plants versus zombies. Imagine the sunflower. You're feeling down and it's like, bam, there's some sun for you. <laughs> exactly. Bam, have some sunshine. Yeah. Yeah. Or the pea shooter, you set one up in your office and people walk in and they're just okay. getting blasted that by That would peas. be seriously fun. Yeah. See, here's the problem, though. You have these in mind, which means that they can also use it against you. No, you said if I could bring a oh, plant. Oh, only you. Yeah, only I'm not going to give oh, them yes. any of my seed. Oh, no. <laughs> But the pea shooter is shooting peas, which are the seed of the pea plant. So if your enemy is smart, they would gather those peas. Oh my God. What if we become? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Wait, what about um what about Dr. Seuss? Oh, I bet. Dr. You... Seuss trees. What are they called again in the Lorax? They're called the oh. truffula trees. And weren't there trees in Halton Here's a Who? That guy had a yeah. great imagination. Yeah. Um Oh my God, there was a I'm so glad you brought that. That was a book series. I don't know if anybody else would have read these books, especially in Canada. They were ridiculously popular in um, England. And and it was by an author. She was a, a very uh, decorated, recognized author called Enid Blyton. Yeah. Is that ever an English name? <laughs> anyway, oh my God, I haven't read this in forever. If memory serves... It was a story and, 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 and this family moved into the country and uh, there was a tree and the kids would climb the tree. And all of these really interesting characters lived in the tree. There was a guy who was deaf because he was called the pots and pans man. <laughs> and he walked around with pots and pans, but the clanking made him deaf. Yeah. But the tree would rotate every story. The top of the tree, like the canopy, was magical. And then they would find themselves in a different dimension and some were good and some were scary. And they would have the, there was like a, a little fairy and there was like a main guy who was super helpful and he had a big round head and he was called Moonface. And they would go on all of these adventures uh, in this tree yeah. and, and they would have to like work together and, and learn friendship and all of that. Like typical, you know, kids uh, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I haven't thought of that book in forever. <laughs> but I mean, that's a great idea. I just have it. You would never move. No, I, I wouldn't move. I wouldn't even live in my house. I'd live in the tree. <laughs> I'd be like, this is fantastic. Get out of the way, pots and pans, man. <laughs> that's such a neat idea, though. The Magic Faraway Tree oh, by there we Enid go. Blyton. Oh, my, look at the cover on that book. Yeah, it was uh, it was wild. It was what I oh, can't wait. So that was just one book or was it? Sorry, you said it was she, a series. She wrote a series. Yeah. And, oh, and okay, well, okay. and it was also a chapter book. Yeah. Written first in 1939. 1939. 1939. And, and I read it. Uh, the main characters are Joe, Bessie and Fanny, Joe, yeah. Beth and Franny. Uh, people who lived there were the angry pixie, the barn owl, Silky, Mr. What's his name, Dame <laughs> Washalot. Moonface, the saucepan man, the saucepan man, not pots and pans man, <laughs> and Dame Slap, who runs a school for bad pixies, and every time they get out of line, she slaps them. Nineteen thirty nine. Nineteen thirty nine. That's all I'm yeah. gonna say. Um, I loved that. Your question just made me rethink of that book. I'm gonna try and find You're it. You're like, wow, what a blast from the I, past. Do you know who introduced me to that book? What? My sister. Oh, my out sister. To uh, and 
Wow, what a trip down memory lane. What a great question, <laughs> This is question, really fun. Brandy. I just actually found your pea shooter. <laughs> um, what else is here? A lot of Middle Earth stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of Middle Earth. There's the uh, the Nightlock from the Hunger Games. What do we got here? A lot of a lot of video games. It's it's interesting how um, a lot of these show up in like the fantasy realms yep. and whatnot. You know, you know, they never really got into that. I mean, I know there was a lot of story to tell. Yeah, that's one series that I love. Uh, dearly that never really got into plant life was Star Wars. You know what's interesting? I, I just saw Star Wars. It's probably going to be The gnarled like, tree? Is that the tree on Dagobah that Yoda lives uh, next to? They grow in the swamps and uh, they have the walking roots. Oh, it, do- it does look like a root. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Uh, probably that that because Dagobah is like covered in plant life. Yeah. It's basically a swamp planet. Yeah. So that's where uh, they did touch on some plants, but mm-hmm. they never really got into even when they went to Endor, the forest moon. Yeah. Tons of opportunity for plants. But I mean, they had so much other story to tell. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's the thing. What you was know? the focus? Right. Plus, what are you going to do? You're going to talk about plants. You're going to show little Ewoks. Ooh, See, titty. and that's the thing. No, we're, that's just, we're just nerds because when we develop this fantasy world, we want to like know everything about yeah. it. And then plants are just a, a I, huge part of that. I used to own a, it cost me, I think it was $140 back in like early 2000s. And I bought the full on canon, like, Lucasfilm uh, affiliated uh, Star Wars encyclopedia. Really? Yeah. Did you read it? Oh, yeah. All of it? Yeah. I, I used to have Star Wars Trivial Pursuit, and the first time we ever played it, we rolled the dice to see who would go first, and I went first. Yeah. Uh, and went all the way around the board and made it to the middle, and nobody else had a turn. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Note to self. Yeah. And then the next time we played, everybody's like, you have to go last. And I was like, okay. So everybody else got one turn. Then I went completely <laughs> round the ball. <laughs> but I was like, I, Star Wars was the first movie I ever saw in the theater when yep. I was three years old. And I loved it ever since. Are you serious? Your parents let you see yep. it at three years old? It was let or had no choice. It was oh. a... <laughs> Uh, miserable. Uh, we were on a vacation in England in the summer and mm-hmm. it was doing nothing but rain. Yeah. And my parents were like, oh my gosh, we have to do something. Yeah. And Star Wars was playing. So they took us to the theater and I was uh, like three years old, I guess. Uh, and my mom said it was the first time ever, the first time ever I had sat still for like two hours, just engrossed. And what was happening. Really? No, no distraction, no moving, no even asking for candy or popcorn, just movie. And then, yeah, after that, my very first tattoo was when I was 28 and it was a Star Wars symbol. Yeah. Yep. So Star Wars for life, yo. I almost asked if you still had it. <laughs> just because I've, ne- I've never, I've never like, like pointed it out before. Like, is it on your arm? Yep. It's, I don't know if I can get my sleeve up. Far that's Star Wars because yeah. I've seen that before, yeah. but I've never symbol of the uh, Rebel Alliance. Oh, yeah. there we go. Oh, yeah. this is such a fun topic. I really loved this. Like I could go on and on and yeah. on. Um, we're gonna pass it off to all of you um, over on Spotify. Make sure that you uh, enter into our question. Uh, if there was a fictional plant from a movie, from a book, yeah. from a video game. Mythology. That you would, mythology. D&D, yeah. that you would love to see come to life. Let us know. That about wraps us up for this week's episode. Wow. We, 
we did a lot. <laughs> we, we and we were all over the place there, and I I I just feel that I um. I feel better talking about my sock soaker. Yeah. <laughs> I feel better sharing that amongst friends. <laughs> We're just going to have a segment at the beginning of each yeah. episode. Like, what is grinding Colin's gears this week? <laughs> oh, my week? God. No, we, we don't have time for that. <laughs> um, but no, I, uh, yeah, we, we were all over the place. But I do think we covered all of the bases we need to cover on Amaryllis. so, too. So, like I said, if you are going to join us in the hashtag Amaryllis Challenge, let us know. Reach out to us on Instagram or Facebook or threads. Send us your pictures. We'll share them on our blog, uh, which you can go to goldenacre.ca slash blog and catch all of the, the the little tidbits that we talked about in this week's show. We're going to have our video on how to plant it. We're going to go down and shoot that yep. now. And then we'll also have a link over on our website where all of the directions on how to plant an amaryllis seed are going to be there waiting for you. So, um, Thank you so much for joining us this week. Next week's a whole new different topic. I know we're getting closer and closer to Christmas, right? Are, are you ready for Christmas at all in any way, shape, or form? You know, at the community market, I bought a lot of Christmas presents. <laughs> nice. To be honest, that's like the part that I'm most excited to get over and done with. Yep. Just because like I just love soaking in every bit of the season. So I think we're going to have a lot of really neat talk topics coming up in relation to the, the, the holiday season and to winter gardening. So I we'll hope that you'll join us next weekend. Bye, everyone.